Come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. Uh, today we are talking the 1980 classic Prom Night. Uh, it's uh, defined as a horror mystery. Um, it doesn't have the greatest scores. Not gonna, not gonna lie. Uh, it's got 2.705 on Letterbox, which is decent. Um, just, just shy of that three mark. And then it's got a whopping 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, I personally, I think it's an enjoyable movie. It's not the best. It's a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, and we see Leslie Nielsen in a much more serious role than we've ever seen him in as life probably ever other than that maybe that creep show role but uh it's a very interesting movie so yeah, we're just gonna get right into it there's a special night in the lives of all of us a night to be beautiful to be desirable a night we can break all the rules and make our own prom night everyone at hamilton high is getting ready for prom night it's a day of rehearsals, arrangements, final preparations, and last-minute phone calls. Nick? Wendy, do you still like to play games? They're too old for games, but someone still wants to play. So the movie starts out with a bunch of kids. They're playing in this like abandoned school or maybe a hospital. I'm assuming it's a school. It's some giant abandoned building, anyways. Um, they're playing this like form of hide and seek almost, but it's like the seeker is the killer. And then every time you find one of the other people, that person joins the killers, the killer, and becomes killers. 
and then they have to hunt down until the last person is there to be found. It's interesting, uh, definitely dark, uh, but yeah. We then see this girl who's slowly entering the abandoned building as the kids are already in play. Uh, she pretty much just wants to be around them, you know, be a part of the group. Um, then the the music starts to uh, pick up. It gets a little bit more eerie feeling and everything. And as she's entering the building, we hear a kid screaming, and then we hear some banging. It almost sounds like something's falling downstairs. So she goes farther into the abandoned building because you know that's the smartest thing to do. Um, apparently, as a kid, she's not scared shitless because most kids probably would have ran the other way when they hear a child screaming and it sounds like a body falling downstairs. Um, but yeah, she's she's in the school uh, or building, let's say, walking around. Um, she runs into another kid that's playing playing the game, and then he starts yelling, "Kill her!" Uh, then they start chasing her. Um, she's pretty much just you know she's essentially getting bullied. Um, she's getting getting chased for the school. Um, that she's running through the rooms and whatnot, and she's starting to run down this hallway. And then she goes to veer off, and the, there's a boy there that's blocking the way. And then there's essentially, I think, four of them that are chasing chasing her down. And she's, you know, backing up because they keep yelling, killer, killer, killer at her. And she's getting scared. Uh, then she, like, climbs up on this window ledge. And they're still yelling, killer at her and coming closer and closer to her. And she's still backing up because she doesn't realize. And she push, pushes her body up against the window and literally falls right out the window and falls to her death, of course. Uh, the kids are all scared. Um, you know, they feel really bad. Except for this one. Um, she doesn't feel bad at all. Because she's a bitch. And every movie needs to have a bitch in it. Even if they are a little, like, ten-year-old. Uh, um, but yeah, the the bitchy one uh, convinces them all not to tell anyone. So that they don't go to jail. So they don't get in trouble. And she keeps on telling them. And she finally convinces them. Pretty much scares them into agreeing with her to not say anything. Um, we'll go through the kids' names here in a, a few minutes. Um, and then we see later that night, uh, Leslie Nielsen's character, Mr. Hammond, is at this building uh, trying to figure out what happens. We don't see any buildup. We don't know why he's there or how he knows that the child was there. We don't know until later on that the child was actually one of his. Uh, he's got three kids, and that being one of his youngest twins. We're now uh, six years later uh, at the gravesite of the girl who uh, essentially was killed in a way. Uh, she fell out the window and died. Uh, it, her name wasn't Robin. Um, she essentially was murdered. They didn't really mean to murder her. They were just, you know, being bullies. And I don't know why they didn't stop when she was climbing on the ledge going up against the window. But, you know, that kids would be kids, I guess. And then we see uh, Jamie Lee Curse's character, um, Kim, and her other sibling. Um, I think it's Alex? Nikki? No, Nikki's the other guy. Let's, let's pause this for a minute. So uh, I did some quick fact checking. Uh, yes, the brother's name is Alex. Um, he's also, he's Robin's t twin brother. Um, and Mr. Hammond's like, you know, come on. We have to get ready to go. Um, so they leave the gravesite. And then next thing you know, we are in the kitchen. And Kim and Kim is talking to her brother Alex. And they're discussing, you know, prom night. And I think they also bring up the uh, point where it would have been like Robin's first prom. She would have been 16 at the time. Um. We then cut to Mr. Hammond, who's, he's kind of like in a meeting with some doctors um, discussing his wife, because his wife has never, you know, she's never come to grasp that her daughter is gone. Um, and kind of throughout the movie, kind of think that maybe she's the one going crazy and killing everyone, because um, she's, we don't see her that often. I think we see her like three different scenes, but she's definitely not all there at all. She's very traumatized, uh, and rightfully so, you know, I can't imagine what 
uh, losing your child would do to you. And this is where we also find out that Leslie Nielsen's character, Mr. Hammond, is also the father of um, Robin, who passed away. We, we obviously, we find that out by being at the gravesite. But it's, and essentially, or initially, I should say, when he first was at the the accident crime scene we didn't know if he was a cop or whatnot so the, but yeah the meeting is pretty much discussing the trauma that his wife is dealing with for the death of their daughter um kim is then freaked out by this gardener who's like trimming the hedges he's all, we come to find out he's actually the janitor for the school uh he's trimming the hedges and he does look a bit creepy he i guess i don't think is all mentally there i think there is definitely something off of him he's a little bit different than the normal person um just, just something about him it's just the way his eyes kind of jitter and he looks very nervous and shy um just something that's definitely different um so then you kind of think okay maybe he's going to be the one doing the killings and whatnot and then mr hammond's going to his office at this point in time we don't know that mr hammond is actually the principal of the school and of course he's got um he would have had three kids going to the school but now he only has two um but yeah, he's finding out that he has a new secretary. He's not really too pleased about it. Uh, she's pretty much got the like front office area wrecked and like dismantled papers all over the place, everything over all over the place. Um, he's pretty much like, what are you doing? Are you, are you trying to rob me? It's like, no, it's a secretary's desk at a uh, high school. I don't think there's really anything here to steal, but that's maybe besides the point, maybe that's just my opinion on that matter. Um, but he's pretty much like, you know, I got a lot of work to do. How about you just pretty much essentially stay on my way um we then see um jude who's actually one of the girls that was at the crime scene that was yelling killers to robin that accidentally pushed her out of the window um she, she's getting a phone call she answers it and uh she hears this creepy voice on the phone and he's telling her you know essentially i'm gonna see you tonight at the prom she doesn't think anything of it she just thinks it's maybe a prank and just hangs up she's then walking down the uh, the sidewalk and then this character known as slick tries to uh, pick her up in this stylish like two-toned uh what would be essentially be a probably like a creeper van today but it was the biggest hit back in the 80s those vans with the big murals painted on the side this one's got like pinstriping on the side but still pretty cool and she's at first she's like nah you know what guys like you are I've heard stories about them pulling up on the sidewalk to pick up girls in an accident and running them over. But then she's just like, you know what, whatever, I'll go with you. So she hops in the van to get a ride to school. And then the same uh, caller that calls Jude uh, calls Kelly, which is another one of the girls from the accident. Uh, we also see that the caller has a list of names that he's calling. He's scratching each one off at a time. Um, Ke Kelly just thinks it's someone pulling a prank on her. But she's actually scared for her life. She can tell that she's really nervous. She's really worried about what's going on. I believe that she thinks it's just her uh, boyfriend, Nikki, or... No, not Nikki. I think his name is Drew. Uh, pretty much thinks it's just a prank, but of course it's actually not a prank. Uh, then the caller tries to call Nikki, who was the boy in the incident. Um, but he doesn't pick up the phone. He's getting ready to leave the house with his dad, and the phone's ringing. He's just like, ah... Uh, well, I'm not gonna not gonna bother answering. It's just my ex-girlfriend, um, Wendy. She's being a bitch because she doesn't want to accept us breaking up. And she he just walks out the door, and we see the we can hear in the tone of the voice of the killer, 
because no one picks up yeah, as he's scratching off Nikki's name on the, the notebook. He's not very happy about it. We also find out from Nikki's dad that apparently um, he is the hot shot on the disco dance floor. So that's something we get to look for in the uh, later parts of the movie. Which there is this disco scene, which I'm not going to discuss too much because I don't really know what to say about the dance moves. It's just uh, you got to watch it for yourself. And then uh, Wendy, who is the bitch of the tr or the group of four, um, who convinces everyone not to say anything when the accident happens. You know, maybe if she did say something, maybe Robin would still be alive. Probably not. She'd probably still be dead. But it's just a matter of the fact that maybe she would have said something. Things might have been different. Anyway, she just thinks it's a uh, Lou pulling a prank on her because she picks up the phone and just hears this raspy voice, and she automatically just like Lou just f off her much and hangs up on the f hangs up the phone on him. Um, Wendy is also a spoiled bitch because uh, her mom's like, "Are you gonna be home for supper?" I'm assuming it's her mother, and she's like, "I don't know," and just walks out and gets into like, like I don't know if it's a Corvette Stingray or what it is, but she just speeds off like nothing. So yeah, she's definitely she's definitely a bitch. Um, then we see Jamie Lee Curtis's character dancing on the dance floor by herself, I will add. Uh, like, this is before everything's even set up. She's just, like, practicing her dance moves. And that's when Wendy then flicks on the light. This is, like, a girl drama rival between the two because they're both going after the same guy, um, Nikki. But Nikki wants uh, Kim, I believe her name, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, and Wendy is his ex. And she's just not accepting the fact that they're broken up anymore. Then we have the girls all ex in school all excited about prom, and then Lou tries to pick one of them up, and he's just, you know, your typical, your, he's your creeper guy, you know, and I'm not going to take no for an answer type. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. Not really, he's a straight-up asshole, but that's besides the point. And then we have the girls sitting in biology class, I believe it is. Yeah, uh, because they're discussing, like, uh, dissecting a frog and all that kind of fun stuff. Exciting stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're not paying attention to the teacher at all, and they start passing notes back and forth because uh, Slick is actually outside the classroom, and um, they're just like, well, why, he's, why is he there? And that's when Jude's like, yeah, he's, Jude just uh, spoils, the or spills the beans, spoils the beans, spills the beans that uh, Slick is going to be her, her date to the prom, and then the teacher is seeing the back and forth between the three girls, so she he goes over, he's like, so... Clearly, my uh, book is not interesting you, so why don't you tell the class what your note says? So she has to read the note out in front of class, and then she also gets a hour of detention after school. And she's not happy about that because she's like, oh, prompts tonight. Teacher's like, oh, well, not my problem. That's your problem. Um, three of them are in the detention class, and then we have our caller. We see just the scene of, like, the back of our, our caller um, more or less just his hand. He's going for the yearbook and he's ripping out the pictures of all the people that he called. Um, then girls are in cafeteria having lunch and then this guy pops up behind uh, Kim with a ski mask on. I don't know why no one ever did anything about it. You know, it'd be kind of weird for a guy just to be walking through a school with a ski mask on, but I guess that's before a time when, you know, school attacks were even a thing. But yeah, he comes up behind uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Kim, and like has his hand over his mouth and he's like oh you like that trying to be all cool macho and that's when her brother alex uh steps in and they get into a fight and then uh the teachers have to you know break it up and the teacher pulls off the ski mask and it's like oh it's lou it's you again 
We're not really that surprised that's you. Uh, then they get taken to the principal's office, and that's when we find out that Leslie Nielsen's character, Mr. Hammond, is actually the school's principal. Because essentially when he goes into his office and meets the secretary for the first time, I don't think there's any clues, unless it's very middle school clue, that we're actually in the school, um, or that he is the principal and whatnot. Well, uh, Lou gets suspended. I can't apparently speak English tonight. We're just probably going to leave that in. Uh, Luke is suspended from school. Uh, and he's not too happy because he's like, well, of course you're going to pick favor. That's that's your son. And uh, Miss Tam is like, no, no, you're just a douche. You you got this coming to you. You're an asshole. And it was going to happen sooner or later. Um, then uh, Lou threatens Alex. He's like, you know, I'm going to see you around. Well, you know, you guys have both on the problem. I guess you guys are going to see each other eventually at some point. Um, we then see our happy new couple, uh, Nikki and Kim, walking around the beach. Um, because for our reason, someone thought it would be a really good idea to put this school uh, near the bluffs. Uh, this is pretty much drop of death into the rocky beachside and ocean. Um, no fence, no nothing. Nothing for safety reasons at all. But, you know, I guess that was a uh, nice uh, design-wise. Uh, but, yeah, they were walking along the, the top part of the cliff. And uh, Kim just starts saying, you know, how it would be Robin's first prom. She would have been 16, etc., etc. Just going on about, you know, the, she goes in a little bit more detail about what happened and whatnot. And Nikki's like, you know, I understand. And he starts going on how he remembers the event and whatnot. And you can tell he definitely wants to tell her that he was there when it happened. He was one of the boy, one of the kids yelling killer, killer at her, which caused her to fall out the glass. And then next thing we know, the, the school bell goes off and Kim's like, well, I gotta go. So he never actually gets to tell her anything about it. Uh, we then see Wendy and Lou pulling into this uh, drive-thru roller restaurant. Um, they're working together now. They're going to go to prom together to try and mess up Nikki and Kim's prom because they're prom king and queen, and they both want revenge. Um, Lou, though, wants revenge on um, Kim's brother, Alex, but I guess he's just going to go there to mess up Nikki anyways for this fact the fact of it and of course Wendy wants revenge on uh Kim because she pretty much stole her man I guess you could say um but yeah and Lou's like you know I can't order anything I don't have any money and then uh Wendy's just like you know what I'll just pay for it and he's like okay I want a couple burgers I want a couple large fries I want a couple drink or not drinks what kind of beer you got and she's like the waitress is like this isn't a bar what the hell you want um we then cut to the girls in the change room. Um, we see Wendy is at her locker, and there's a picture of her on her door, uh, like a like a younger picture, and she's trying to figure out who did it, and she's all pissed off, and then she storms out. Uh, then while they're in the, the change room, I think it's um, Kim and Jude maybe are in the change room. I'm not sure which other girl it was. Um, they hear, like, glass breaking and damage happening um so they go to check and then it's the main giant mirror that's destroyed it looks like someone i don't know took a hammer to like three or four different sections of it um but there's no one around no sign of anyone being around or in the change room with them so they're they go outside quickly to check and then when they come back in uh kim looks back at the mirror and she knows this piece of the glass is actually missing and then uh kim goes to tell her dad about the mishap and he's not in the office she then heads to the gym to get ready for the prom rehearsal. Something that also adds up, like, 
with him not being in the office at the same time that this thing happens, it kind of gives you the thought, well, maybe it's the dad doing it. Maybe the dad set out for revenge. So the, I do like that this movie builds up to what might be other people being the killer, and you don't really 100% know until later on, which is nice. Um, but yeah, Kim is in the... Uh, I don't know if it's the gym or where they're holding their prom, because um, later on in the movie we see people running through what looks to be the gym, and it's definitely not where the disco prom is heading. But yeah, they just got to practice running down the runway... Um, we then see the, the creepy janitor again from earlier. He's sweeping up some broken glass, but it doesn't look like it's really in the chamber. It looks like it's around a water fountain. So I'm not sure if it is the same spot or not. Um, cause when we see it in the change room, we only see the top half. So we don't know what's down below. Uh, it could be a, just a giant like sink below it, but, um, the whole time at school's out and, uh, Kim is walking down the hallway and she's getting freaked out cause she can hear the sound of glass being swept up. Um, we then see Jude at her locker opening up, and there's a picture of her taped in her locker, and there's also a piece of broken glass attached to the picture. Um, so she's starting to get a little bit worried. Um, then we have Kim, who's arriving home, just to see her mother literally standing in the living room by the fireplace mantle, just staring at a picture of Robin framed, and that's pretty much all she's doing. She doesn't do much else during the day by the sounds of it, other than just, you know, miss her daughter, which is understandable. You know, it's traumatizing. Um, we then, of course, see all the girls getting ready for prom, and then uh, um, Kim's mom leaves. She finally leaves the house because um, her and Mr. Hammond are going to be at the prom, so they're already there, and then we see this shadow figure getting out of a car as it's watching as Kim's mom drives away. We, we think maybe it's a killer, but actually it's just going to be Nikki uh, showing up to pick Jamie up. And the whole time Nikki's waiting for her to come downstairs, he's actually just staring at the exact same picture on the mantle, you know, just remembering Robin. Um, then we have Lou being the nice guy that he is. He's showing up at Wendy's. Uh, he's not knocking on the door or anything. He just kind of screeches in and starts laying on the horn. Uh, you know, because he's just a straight-up asshole. There's not much about Lou. Lou's character is just a typical asshole. He's not even a slightly bit likable. Um, he also pulls up with his two buddies in the backseat because apparently they needed a ride to the uh, prom. And he's not dressed for prom either at all. He's still in his greaser outfit, and he's apparently got his, you know, his prom outfit in the backseat. So, um, or actually in the trunk, I think. But yeah, Wendy won't get in at all because uh, she's pretty much waiting for him to open the door. So he just like reaches over and opens the door, which I understand. Being a gentleman and opening doors for ladies is is a proper thing to do. But when you're going to be a bitch and just stand there and being smug about it, then that's kind of switches the context of everything. Um, but Lou being the nice guy that is, he speeds out of the driveway and runs over uh, Wendy's parents' garbage cans because that's the typical douchebag thing to do. Uh, we there are at the prom. Disco floor is all lit up. The ball, the disco ball shine and the music is blasting. Uh, most of the kids look like they're having fun. Um, Alex doesn't really look like he's having too much fun. He's up on the, like the DJ booth and he's just kind of got his arms crossed and looks looks a little annoyed and whatnot. Um, then we see Kim dancing with her father on the, the floor. Um, I guess it's the, out of context, it's weird, like, the principal dancing with a student, but it's father and daughter, so it's all fine and fine and dandy. 
Um, but then we pan over and see the mother, and she pretty much just looks like she's about ready to have a mental breakdown, which really makes us think, okay, you're probably going to be the one killing everyone. But is she? Uh, you'll have to wait and find out. We have uh, Wendy and Lou showing up. And so Jamie and Nikki, why did I say Jamie? Uh, Kim and Nikki, I used her real name, uh, they notice notice that they're there, and then they decide to you know do their dance number on the dance floor to try to impress them or show off, which I'm not gonna go into detail about. It's just some weird '80s disco dance moves, and if you want to see it, just go on YouTube because you can watch this whole movie free on YouTube with uh, no commercials. So what are you waiting for? Well, actually, you know, maybe watch it before this podcast, maybe pause it, or wait until the podcast is over and watch it afterwards. That's totally up to you. Uh, if you watch it afterwards, I'm going to spoil everything for you, though. Just letting you know that. Uh, we then see Wendy and Lou on the dance dance floor. Um, Wendy is clearly not interested in uh, Lou at all. And uh, as soon as Lou's, like turns around and starts dancing with his back towards her, she's already gone off the dance floor. She's nowhere to be seen. We then see uh, Kelly and Drew. They're getting busy in the change room. Uh, Kelly keeps you know, telling him to stop. She wants to take it slow. And that's uh, that's upsetting Drew. He, he becomes a straight up asshole and douche now. Um, he pulls that, that classic douche card. He's like, well, if you're not going to do it, then I know plenty of other people that will. So then he, you know, gets dressed and walks out. And then as Kelly's, Kelly's all upset and calls him an asshole. And as she's getting dressed again, the music starts to change and starts to pick up. And we know our first kill is actually going to start happening now. Uh, because you see this fully decked out uh, figure and he's got like a black shirt on, black pants, black gloves, black face mask. Comes up behind her, grabs her by the mouth, covers up her mouth, and takes a big shard of glass and just literally cuts her throat right open. And we just see her lifeless body on the ground. And then we hear the disco music starting to pick up again. So it's a nice transition between the two. Um, and then we cut to uh, Slick's van. It's a it's rocking him and Jude are inside, you know, doing their thing. Um, Slick. Gets up to take a nature call in the bushes. Uh, before that, though, we find out that he rolled over on his glasses, so he's now like officially blind. Uh, because while he's in the bushes taking a pee, we see a, the the killer coming through the bush at him, but he doesn't see it at all. And then you know they kind of they make their way away from the bush uh, because Jude decides she's like, well, you know, let's, let's go down uh, down to the the bluffs to have round two, and he's all for. It. He's like, all right, oh sure, why not? Uh, so they make their way down there, and then uh, they s they stop because the uh, slick hears a, a tree branch breaking. Because I guess the killer wasn't watching where he was walking, except on a tree branch, and that freaks him out. So he's like, you know, we we should we should go back to the van now. And she's like, why? And she's like, I, I need another joint. That that's what it is. I'm not scared at all. I'm not paranoid. I just need another joint. So they go back to the van. They're getting their things on. We can tell that the killer is stalking around the van. Um, Jude has her back up to the back doors. And the killer comes behind, opens up the back door. She falls backwards. And he literally just starts stabbing her in the throat. Um, Slick sees that even though he doesn't have his glasses on. So he jumps in the front seat to try and speed away. Um, he almost like backs right over the killer. But it jumps out. And then the killer jumps into the side door. They start tussling and fighting back and forth. The whole time while Slick's driving around. And uh, losing control of the van. Um, he jumps out. Um, the killer jumps out. Slick's still in the van. And uh, drives her out the bluff. And the van blows up. So he's a, he's pretty much a casualty. He, he wasn't meant to be killed. But he's dead anyways. 
Um, we then have Wendy in the washroom doing her makeup, and she hears someone coming in. She's like, do you have any extra mascara? No one answers her. And she asks again, still no answer. And then the lights all flicker off, and someone tries to hit her with an axe. She escapes and starts running through the halls, and then we have the killer in hand and chase with the axe in hand. Uh, she starts running through the darkened hallways and starts heading up the stairs and tries hiding in the biology classroom. But we see the figure outside the door, you know, looking in, doesn't see anything. All the chairs are up, and she's hiding behind the, the uh, main teacher's desk. Uh, she starts to, you know, um, sneak out the back way, uh, but she's not watching where she's walking. She bumps into like this anatomy mannequin kind of thing where you can see all the body parts, and she knocks it over, screams, and of course, the killer hears and starts chasing after her. Um, and then she she keeps running down the hallway, runs into a locked door, and then she's she's in the auto shop. Um, she decides she's trying to find a card again, too. First card's locked. She gets into the second card, and she's just laying down on the, the bench seat, and the killer is walking through. Of course, she's not really hiding that well, because she's just laying flat down on the seat. The killer sees, tries to open the door, but the door is locked, so he takes his axe and breaks the door. Uh, she escapes at the other door, though, and then she throws, I think, a broom at him which catches him off guard. And then uh, we have them, you know, giving chase again. Uh, she hides in this other room. Um, I'm not sure if it's like a storage room or whatnot. And she's behind the door. And then we see just this like red blood dripping down into a bucket. And then next thing we see a hand fall down. And then we see, I think it's um, dude's body falls down. And, was, you know, her throat's all cut open and everything. And that scares the crap out of Wendy. And so Wendy goes to run out of the the room that she's hiding in and she's met with an axe and that's the end of her and then we see the janitor he's then trying to warn everyone that there's a killer loose inside the school but no one's believing him at all they're just like ah he's just drunk again no big deal there's no killer around here so they just haul him off um i believe it's actually nikki's dad that's hauling him off i think nikki's dad is a cop or some kind of law enforcement officer um and then we cut to uh, Lou and his two buddies that he shows up with at the prom. Uh, they're planning to grab Nikki um, and Jamie and Nicky are in the back getting ready to do their walkout for the king and queen. Um, but yeah, the two buddies grab uh, grab Nikki, put some tape on his mouth, and the one buddy's got grabbed him from the back so he can't throw any punches. It literally only takes one punch to knock Nikki down he's out cold um, so the buddy puts the crown the king's crown on top of Lou uh, which is actually going to add up to some stuff because we see the killer coming behind Lou now because Lou is at the curtains getting ready to walk out as king but what the killer doesn't know is it's actually Lou and it's not Nikki because the killer knows that Nikki's supposed to be the prom king so the alma actually just thinks it's him and then we have the you know the king and queen music starting to play and then we just see the axe swinging and it's a clean shot one hit kill that axe goes right through Lou's Lou's neck and chops his head straight off and the head starts rolling down the runway onto the dance floor and everyone starts realizing what it is and that's a severed head rolling down the dance floor or down the rampway and they start freaking out so everyone starts you know running and streaming out of the school and then Jamie finds Nikki in the back and she starts helping him up and trying to get him out, out of the school. And that's when they're cut off by the axe killer right at the door. And then there's a tussle between the killer and Nikki. And then the axe goes loose and it, I think it slides underneath one of the 
concession tables or a table that they just had set up there. Um, then uh, Kim grabs it and they're, they're tussling back and forth, uh, Nikki and Nikki and uh, the killer. And then the killer gets on top of Nikki again and starts like trying to choke him. And that's when um, Kim strikes him with the axe. It doesn't look like he she actually strikes him with the the butt of the axe, like the, the sharp edge. Because it's not stuck in his head and we don't see any big... I don't think we really see any big gashes in his head. He is bleeding, of course. Uh, it just looks like he gets really whacked really hard with the wood. But... Um, uh, I guess maybe just budget-wise and effect-wise, they had to actually, you know, cut back on the effects on that. But then the killer stumbles back up and he locks eyes with Kim. And Kim can definitely tell that it's someone that she knows. And someone that she knows very, very well. Uh, he starts to stumble out of the school. Um, and he's having flashbacks to all the kids yelling, killer, killer, killer at Robin. Um... And he's stumbling. He's, he's everyone else is outside, and we I think it's uh, Nikki's dad who's like standing in the middle of the walkway with a gun pointed right towards him, and he's he's stumbling because he's got very bad head trauma, uh, which makes me think that maybe it was the sharp end of the axe that actually did him, uh, because he's stumbling down the sidewalk a bit and then he actually just collapses. And Kim's yelling, you know, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, and she runs out and goes over and, you know gets down on the ground with him, pulls off the mask, and come to find out it's actually her little brother Alex that's actually been killing everyone and doing revenge. Uh, the reason why he's doing it is because um, we find out the reason why Mr. Hammond was there was because um, Alex is the one that found his sister dead on the ground. Um, so it all ties ties together. Um, but it's a, it's a really good movie, and then we just see... It's really good because of how everything ties together. Because at one point, you don't know if it's Mr. Hammond doing the killing. We don't know if it's um, the janitor doing the killing. We don't know if it's Mrs. Hammond doing the killing. We never really suspect the younger brother, the the other half, the other twin, to be doing the killing. There's nothing that really really builds to that at all, which is nice. I think is really well... It's storytelling done really well. I, I really do. Uh, I really do think that. And then the movie just cuts to um, Kim holding her brother on the ground. Uh, his head's on her lap and he's just going on about Robin and, and, you know, being sad and in pain, of course. And then we just, I'm pretty sure he dies because we just see the scene fade off and there's no expression on his face, nothing. And that's the end of the movie. It's definitely a really good movie. I enjoy it. It's definitely one of those cult movies. Um... I don't think it gets as much respect as it deserves. It did spawn a bunch of other movies. Um, there And there is at least one remake. Um, it's definitely something I would definitely highly, highly recommend. you got to at least check it out once. Um, as for all the sequels and whatnot, I don't know them all that well. Uh, I think I've seen the second... I've seen the second one for sure and maybe the third one. But other than that, I don't know what if there's a bunch of other ones after that. I'm sure there probably is. I think there's maybe five of them. We'll have to look that up again, though. Um, but yeah, definitely highly, highly recommend checking it out. And like I said, you can watch the full movie free on YouTube with uh, no commercial breaks. So that's always nice. You don't have to worry about ads popping up every 20 minutes or whatnot. Um, I did watch the, the director's cut, so I don't know if that's any different from the other cuts. Uh, I didn't do any research on that part, but definitely, definitely check it out at least once. Uh, maybe make it your October ritual. I know for me, I watch a bunch of various horror movies 
around Halloween time. So maybe add that into your Halloween watching. Um, which which brings us to our next movie we're going to watch. Um, I actually do have it already planned out. Go Me. It's another movie that you can watch on YouTube for free with uh, no ad, ad breaks at all. Um, it's from 1985, so we're still staying in the 80s. I like the 80s movies. I like the 90s movies. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy this time period for horror movies a lot because they were just doing whatever. Um, I've only seen this movie, I think, twice. So this is going to be fun. It's been a while since I watched it. Uh, we're going to watch My Science Project. Uh, as always, the trailer for that movie is going to be down in the show notes below. We're going to use the proper term show notes. It's a description. It's all the same thing, really really is um but yeah as always if you guys like it make sure to leave a like down below leave a comment uh leave some feedback on whatever podcast viewing or listening app you're listening to this on i would say viewing but we have no video for this whatsoever we probably never will um but yeah if you guys enjoy it let me know use uh use the hashtag the rotten reviews podcast or find me on all social medias at typhon sun i'll leave all the links for that down in the show notes below as well um, you can, i'll leave my link tree link so it's all easy it's all in one section that you can find me until um, next time i'll talk to you guys all later peace bye bye something